Welcome to the Knowledge at Wharton podcasts. Knowledge at Wharton is the online research and business analysis journal of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Support for Knowledge at Wharton podcasts comes from Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their long-term financial goals at Vanguard.com. Interest rates are rising around the world. Uh, Last Thursday, April 13th, the yield on 10-year U.S. Treasury notes closed at 5.05%. This was the first time in four years that the yield exceeded 5%. Moreover, short-term interest rates in the U.S. are also going up. The federal funds rate, or the interest rate at which banks provide overnight loans to one another, has risen to 4.75% from some 1% a few years ago. In Europe and Japan, stock prices have been falling last week and this week because of concerns that rising interest rates and higher oil prices will affect corporate earnings. What will this mean for the U.S. stock market and the economy? To answer this question, Robbie Shell, Editorial Director of Knowledge at Wharton, and I, Mukul Pandya, Editor-in-Chief, sat down with Jeremy Siegel, a professor of finance at the Wharton School and author of the book, The Future for Investors. Professor Siegel, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here, Mukul. To begin with, I wonder if we could talk about why interest rates are going up in the U.S. and other parts of the world. Uh, is, do you see this as a positive sign of faster economic growth, or should investors be concerned about all this? There's a good and bad side of the rising uh, interest rates. Uh, yes, we have increased economic growth, not only in the United States, but for the first time in many years also in Europe and especially in Japan. We have not had a coordinated rise in all these regions in the world Uh, for quite a long time. And this is why we've had such a uh, remarkable uh, coordinated rise in bond yields. Um, The the good news is that's a stronger economy and that does mean higher profits for corporations. The bad news is that these higher profits are now discounted at a higher rate because these interest rates have gone up. So there's these two conflicting forces that are on stock prices. Is there a reason why the, the interest rates are rising simultaneously in different parts of the world? Well, the uh, Bank of Japan has announced that it is going to move away from quantitative easing, which is a sign that it might start raising its short-term rates for the first time in many, many years by the end of this year. Uh, the European Central Bank has begun to raise its rates, although not as fast as the U.S., All central banks then are in the process of raising their rates. Again, this this has not happened for many years and has many bond investors concerned, and that is one reason that they are uh, selling uh, bonds and rates are rising. Jeremy, do you expect the Fed to continue raising interest rates through the rest of the spring and summer? And, And what impact would that have on corporate earnings and stock markets? Right now, we are very sure that the Fed is going to raise rates at its May 10th meeting. Uh, The big question mark is whether it will continue on after that. Uh, They have a meeting on on, uh, June 29th at the the end of June. Right now, the market is 
expecting about a 50-50 probability of an increase uh, at that time. Uh, we will know more, of course, on May 10th when they issue uh, the statement. At the present time, the market does not think it's going to continue into July and August, but there is concern. The rising oil prices, which today almost reached a, uh, an all-time high within a dollar on, on crude oil, the uh, surging gasoline prices, um, uh, gold prices at 25-year highs, uh, what's called the base metals, manufacturing metals such as aluminum, zinc, uh, copper, um, uh, all these are hitting high. This is a concern because it, these increases in prices are factors the Federal Reserve and central banks take into account when setting rates. Uh, with all these prices rising, uh, do you expect world inflation to go up, uh, uh, especially because of interest rates and oil prices? And what impact do you think that's going to have on the uh, global economy? There's still a very good faith by bondholders that central banks will act uh, effectively against the rising prices of these commodities and oil and keep inflation under control. Uh, but this can only be done at higher interest rates. They have to slow spending down uh, so that they are able to uh, lower demand for some of these metals, make it more expensive for speculators to go in and break the commodity bubble. The big problem um, that, that is facing the Federal Reserve is that we see signs that the housing market is cooling dramatically. Um, and the Federal Reserve and central banks do not want to slam the brakes so hard that they send the real estate market tumbling um, just to break the inflation in the commodity markets. So I have to be very, very careful. It's a very, very difficult time for, for the Fed and central banks. You said that the housing market is, is really starting to, um, to, to go into a bit of a, of a downward spin, but they've been saying that for months. I mean, we keep hearing that the housing markets, the, the bubbles burst. So has it really burst this time? That's a good question. Uh, it's been, I guess that market has prematurely been called dead for a long time, and, uh, and it, it keeps on rising to the top. I do think now we have passed the top. Uh, today we got... Uh, at 1 o'clock, National Association of Home Builders Index. It uh, went down to the lowest level. This is, a, this is an index of how many homes builders are planning to build, how many they have sold, how many have deposits on them. It went to the lowest level in over four years. And by the way, that was only 9-11. If we take away that, that period of 9-11, we have to go back 10 years before that index has been as low as it's been. That, that shows the, a sign that... Uh, 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 of, the, of, of, a, of a problem there. New home sales. Uh, tomorrow morning we get housing starts, which will be looked at very, very closely. But when you read the evidence uh, around, the anecdotal evidence as well as now some of the hard evidence, I think that the peak in, in real estate uh, prices uh, has been experienced. And at this point, not a, not a, not a disaster, not a, a crumbling of this market, um, uh, the Fed is pleased that it is slowing down. Um, we just have to make sure it doesn't turn into a severe decline because housing is such a large percentage of the economy uh, that we, we have to make sure that we moderate housing without killing housing. 
Uh, what's the impact on related areas like mortgage refinancing? Is that starting to slow down also? Oh, d- dramatically. I mean, we've had now the highest mortgage rates uh, in four years, the number of refinancings. What's, what's even more significant is uh, the cost of home equity loans. Um, the cost of home equity loans is linked to the prime rate, and the prime rate is set 3% above that federal funds rate that that you mentioned at the very beginning of our interview. Um, We're going to hit 5% on that rate in May, which means the prime rate is 8, and home equity loans are either at prime or 1 or 2 above. So we now have home equity loans going from 8 to 10%, while just two years ago they were 4 and 5%. This is going to be a big change. We're going to see a, you know, a dramatic slowing in the ability of the homeowner to tap his home or her home for that extra money that, that has been used for spending uh, in the past. So these higher interest rates are definitely having an impact on, on the mortgage market. The Fed recently released a study on the decline in labor force participation uh, and its implications for the uh, potential labor supply. What did the study say, and what do its findings re- reveal about labor supply in the U.S. economy? Yeah, I, I actually saw that uh, news item come across uh, last week. It was a paper that was uh, presented at the Brookings Institution by a number of Fed researchers. It actually can be found on, on the uh, Federal Reserve uh, website. Um, uh, it basically says that Over the last 40 years, we've had a steadily rising participation rate. A participation rate is the number of people that are either working or actively looking for work over the age of 16. And that increase in participation, it's women and and, two house owner families, has contributed to a full half percentage point increase in the labor force, the workforce, those that are working. And that has led to increases in monthly payroll of between 200 and 250,000 a month. What is uh, what their conclusion is is that record participation rate, that rise in the participation rate is is over. It is going down. We saw the peak in the year 2000. And their projections is that that participation rate, particularly because of the aging of the population and the fact that older people do not participate as much as youngers in in the workforce, will now, instead of add, subtract two uh, tenths of a percent per year from the growth of the labor force. What does that mean? That means that really, in terms of the supply of labor, about 120,000 a month is is all that is going to be supplied into the labor market, which means that if payroll increases, we've been seeing 200 to 250. That is too much. That's going to squeeze the labor supply. We've already brought unemployment rate down dramatically. Um, we are. Uh, they concluded in their study that it's not discouraged workers at all. The reason for participation declining it's due to age changes that are permanent. And they feel that if we continue to have 200 to 250,000 increase a month, that our labor markets will become very tight. Uh, labor costs will go up. Wages will be bid up. This will be good for the workers, but it means that the Federal Reserve is more apt to, to move against this because it is an inflationary force ultimately in the society. And I and various other people who looked at this study were rather surprised at the magnitude 
of this and also their very strong conclusion that the drop in participation rates we've seen over the last four and five years are not due to discouragement of the workforce, which could be brought back in with good times, but is really a permanent shift that is actually going to become even more important uh, into the future. This whole article gave a sense that the Federal Reserve has to be on guard even more against a tightening of the labor market and um, inflationary increases in wages. Well, what's the solution for this um, in terms of bringing more people into the workforce? Well, clearly this is based on projections of immigration uh, that have been made. Um, We know population trends certainly for the next 20 years into the workforce because of the uh, past fertility. Of course, beyond that, uh, there's a question of of, of perhaps uh, changing fertility rates. Um, Immigration is a very important issue, and of course this is an issue that Congress uh, is is battling with right now the whole question of guest workers, how many will come. Um, this this is important. In fact, it, it says that we may need a guest worker program um, uh, or, or else the Federal Reserve is going to have to tighten even more dramatically. We need those workers to produce the goods because people are demanding them. And if we don't uh, have enough supply there, then um, it's it's going to be tighter for everybody. The uh, flip side of that question, do you see uh, as a result of the the tighter labor supply uh, continued uh, offshoring of uh, of services? Absolutely. Um, I mean, if, if the labor supply gets continually tighter, we're going to see the bidding up of wages. We already do in, in, in those industries that are, are require a certain amount of technological expertise, skilled workers. Um, but it's going to become more acute, and as the costs go up domestically, certainly you're going to look around the world to find the cheapest source. Now, one, of course, the thing is that we are reading now is both China and even India um, are now experiencing wage increases because of the boom that they are having, yet clearly their costs are still dramatically lower than ours, and so I say the trend towards the offshoring uh, will certainly continue, if not uh, accelerate. Uh, I wonder if I could just go back to uh, a, a, an earlier point you made about uh, the rising cost of home equity loans. Uh, you know, in the past, a, a lot of consumers tended to sort of tap into home equity to pay off uh, consumer debt, uh, and 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 uh, that basically drove a lot of consumer spending. Now, as uh, home equity uh, loan prices rise higher. Uh, what impact do you, do you see upon consumer spending and consumer confidence? And uh, uh, do, do you think that this could have a broader economic impact? Oh, very definitely. I mean, one has to concern oneself. I mean, the unemployment rate going down is, is good, but we have rising gasoline prices, rising interest rates, um, and uh, we know we have a, a con- the consumers are, are, are many of them in, in debt, credit card rates, auto loan rates, home equity rates, all those are going up. Uh, all those have gone up. We're going to take a much bigger slice of, of income. Uh, th- this is, this is a, a threat here, that we don't over-tighten and push rates so high that it pushes consumer psychology into such a negative uh, uh, state that we cause a recession. The whole danger of tightening is that you overdo it and cause a recession. Here we see housing slowing, we see rates rising. If it weren't for this commodity bubble over here, I think the Fed would go slow. 
but they're also very worried about soaring prices on everything else. They know what happened when it didn't stand against the oil price increases in the 70s. So they're, they're trying to balance um, these forces. Uh, what you definitely see is big purchase items, which have to be financed, either with home equity loans or direct loans. Um, they're going to be just more uh, expensive, there's no question. Consumer spending is going to slow down this year. We all know that. So far, capital spending on the part of firms is picking up. It's taking up a little bit of that slack. So looking forward, it still looks like a growth, but we're going to see a change in the mix of that growth looking forward. I just wanted to get back to the, uh, your comments about their record high oil prices, um, $70 a barrel as of today. Uh, given that the, the world political situation doesn't seem to be getting any calmer uh, now with Iran's nuclear ambitions and all these uh, disruptions in Nigeria, I'm just wondering is, what is, what is, how, how high will these prices go? And, and uh, I know we're heading into summer when they tend to be higher anyway, but what about beyond that? Well, I think we're permanently high. Um, I uh, actually thought we would hopefully stay between the 40 and 60, and we're already now at the 70 uh, level. Um, Iran is certainly a problem. Gold was up $15 today. There's a lot of anxiety uh, about the Iranian uh, situation. Um, uh, as I said, we we have a worldwide boom that's coordinated now in Europe, most of Europe, Japan, and the United States, and the developing economies have their have their economies going fairly well. All of this is putting pressure on those oil resources, and um, very clearly, um, their their rises further like interest rates. It's it's going to be a double whammy for a number of consumers on the the gasoline and the heating oil side and on the interest rate side. So we could see a pretty strong uh, reaction here in consumer spending. This is something the Fed has to monitor. The only problem, of course, is is that interest rates work with a lag. And uh, the consumer spending could have momentum that continues uh, for uh, three, six months uh, and then fall dramatically in response to the cumulative tightening that has taken place so far. It's very hard because of the lag in response to absolutely monitor it in such a fine way that you just get the degree of slowdown that you want. It's a very difficult time for our new Fed chairman, Bed Bernanke. I wish him luck in his new position. <laughs> I, I was a, a little uh, uh, concerned to to hear you use the R word, recession. Uh, should investors really be worried about that? And what advice would you give investors? What would be a good strategy to follow? I think that um, that equity stocks are still attractively priced for the long run. Um, uh, quite a few months ago, I was uh, asked about the low interest rates, and I said if the interest rates would stay this low, stock prices should be much, much higher. Um, but if interest rates go up, stock prices could hold their own uh, because of the very strong earnings that are coming in. We are seeing adjustments to more normal interest rates. Actually, we talk about the tremendous rise, and that's true. But we have to realize that they're really going back to more normal levels in, in reference to uh, inflation and other variables. 
uh, it's not like they're at historic high levels relative to the fundamentals. So we are getting back the conundrum that Alan Greenspan spoke of so many times about why interest rates are so low. It seems like when we finally began to figure out the answer, they started going back up. Uh, and uh, uh, maybe we won't have to ask that question anymore. Now, they're still not normal uh, in terms of rates. They moved about halfway back to normal, this tremendous rise in the last three months. Um, and there's reasons we could think of them being a bit lower uh, in terms of the worldwide saving, etc. But uh, s- uh, stocks were underpriced relative to bonds when the bond rates were low. So even now, people say, should I get out of stocks? I'd say no. When I say recession, the R word, um, sure, it's always a possibility. I don't see it. No other professional economist that, that is monitoring, to, monitoring the data sees it. But it can never be ruled out in a period of rising interest rates, uh, in a period where um, housing prices have gone up so dramatically and now are set to slow down. I think we could take encouragement in the experience of the UK and Australia. Their central banks reacted more than a year earlier to tighten interest rates to slow down their housing markets, which were more overheated than the ones in the United States. They brought down the growth in their economy but did not suffer a recession. They seem to have achieved a soft landing. Um, We can hope, therefore, that the Fed can do uh, the same in in this country. Uh, Thank you very much. That was a very, very enlightening conversation. Thank you for speaking with us. Thanks for having me.